We are live. Sweet. Sweet. Check the audio real quick. We are live. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. We're good. All right. All righty. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of Down the Middle. A little, little shaky on the timing, but things happen, you know? Down the middle. Right down the middle. Over, it's mirrored, so it's actually that direction. I'm pointing to my left, so that's the middle. No, you're right. You're right. But, yes. It's always the middle. It's always the middle. You're right. Better be down the middle. Yeah, that way. But, well, I've always called it down the middle. Am I right? In the middle of days, I always called it down the middle. Damn now. Skippy, sir. Huh? Damn Skippy, sir. Now, back, now back in the day, when I refereed for a promotion down in Columbus, Indiana, they didn't HPW? see it that way. Huh? Was that HPW? Yes, it or was. You, oh, okay. Yeah. I went to one of their shows. Yes, it was HPW. I was not like down there. I was a heel referee. <laughs> You know, that's funny. That's that's a concept that only wrestling fans will understand as a heel referee. Because I defy in any other sport, real or I mean, not real, le- like legitimate or uh, legitimately athletic or otherwise. Well, no, I guess that's not true because NFL reps get, referees get yelled at a lot. I don't know where I was going with that. And this is why nobody understands why I say every sport is rigged. They say wrestling's fake. Okay. NBA's fake. NFL's fake. MLB's fake. It's all fake. It's I say that because it's all entertainment. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, let you, I'm gonna let you roll with this one and get all the heat. I'm not gonna comment. Although I will say, you and I have talked about this before, but it was a long time ago. You remember the uh, the the fight where Ronda Rousey lost the title to Holly Holm? Yes. I still legitimately believe that was a work. It's all a work. I don't know about all of it, but that one to me, that that seemed like a work to me. The timing was too perfect. Okay. I always say it's a work because you got to have your star player yeah. as, as the thing. That's why I've always said, especially you look at it with wrestling. The 80s. Who was the, oh God, who was the star player? Hulk Hogan. Oh, Ric Flair. Oh, right. Okay. But yeah, I see, what you're, I see what you're saying. If we're talking okay. WWF, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Well, I was just saying like, we're okay. Let's, let's go with WWF. 80s, who was the star player? Hogan. 90s, early 90s, who was the star player? Uh, Bish, um, HBK and Bret Hart. Late 90s, Rock, Austin, Triple H, all that stuff. And all that. Um, and then going to the 2000s, Brock Lesnar and everybody. Then John Cena. And now who it is? Who is it? It's uh, Roman Reigns. Nobody. It's nobody. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be Roman Reigns. It should. Yes. It's supposed I, to be Roman Reigns. I'm not even. I'm not even going to say it shouldn't be Roman because I'll like I'll be honest. When I first saw the Shield. And it was right after I decided I was going to get back into wrestling. And I saw the shield and I was like, holy shit. These guys got it. I didn't have a problem with Roman. And I even thought to myself, it was like, that dude has it. Like, he's going to be huge. But then, do I think he was ready? No. At that time, he was kind of like, he was kind of like Batista in Evolution. He was, he was the big monster enforcer. He wasn't ready to carry... And that's not anything against him. It's just at the time he wasn't ready to carry the company. No, he didn't no. have enough. In my opinion, again, being not a wrestler, just how I saw it. Right um, now, I think he is, and I think they finally turned him into a heel, which it's like, thank you, finally. Which is the same thing that everybody. I and here's the thing too is you know because I'm in the business and everything and all that, but I can even look at it as a fan perspective as well is that what we're getting with Roman is what they're wanting with Cena but we never got it I don't know that Cena could have turned heel though I I don't I I mean he could have he could have and I think he could have done it but it's kind of like well but you gotta here's the thing is they wouldn't turn him heel because of all the make a wish and all that stuff I get it 
I, I get that. But here's the other thing too. Put on your your alternative history cap here. Like everybody said, one of the best moments in wrestling history was when Hulk Hogan turned heel, right? Right. But here's the thing: that was in WCW. I don't think they could have done a Hulk Hogan heel run in WWF. I really don't. I th- I think there was too much they, history there. Well, they couldn't because when they brought him back, he was so loved. That well, that they that's that's the infamous you know Rock versus Hogan match where he went in right. as the heel, right? Which by and the I'm way, not... if, for those of you that aren't that familiar with wrestling, I'm, you can find it on YouTube easily. Rock versus Hogan. What pay per view was that again? That was WrestleMania eighteen. Eighteen. I was gonna say 20, eighteen. But I'm like that's not right. WrestleMania eighteen at the Toronto Skydome. That's the encyclopedia right there. But um, yeah, that I'm match. Not an encyclopedia. But uh, that, that, that match is a perfect example of how real wrestling can be because Hogan right. went, in, went in as the heel, Rock was the babyface, and by the end of the match, it had been completely flipped. It was completely right. flipped. And creative had nothing to do with it. Rock and Hogan made a judgment call in the ring, and they completely ch- – I don't know if they changed the outcome. I don't think they changed the finish, but in a way, they changed the outcome. The aftermath of that match was different because um, the, the crowd was that, solidly on Hogan's team. Uh, that goes back to WrestleMania 13 with Austin and Bret Hart. Yep, you're right. Bret Hart, uh, Bret Hart was the face, Austin was the heel, and then by the end of the match, it's like, wait, uh, wait a minute. I think, Austin's okay, the face, but I think, the I think that one was by design because if you recall, there was a match. And this was planned too. I, I don't remember when the match was, but it was for the Intercontinental title. It was Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart. Uh, you're talking about uh, one here in Indianapolis. Yes, it was in Indianapolis. You're right. WrestleMania eight. Yes, it was WrestleMania eight. Damn, you're good. <laughs> but you 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 remember what happens in that match? Like at the time, Roddy Piper was oddly enough, you know, he was. A face's face. He was a crowd favorite. Everybody loved him. Well, they were both faces, but he he was leaning towards more heel in that match. Yeah, but then he stopped himself, and that was all in storyline. Right. Something very similar happened, not so much with a heel face turn, but with the passing of the torch, so to speak, between Bret Hart and Stone Cold in their match. Um, yeah, and I honestly, I, I think honestly, Bret Hart probably kind of wanted history to repeat itself a little bit there. Right, right, I get it. Oh, so, by the way, so people aren't confused, they're not looking at me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's probably um, like that looks like an RKO, but then there's a caveman down there. You're right. I, 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 I never really caught that. No. Never caught that. All right. So now we're into it. Yes, sir. And kind of a perfect intro. We wanted to talk about what it's like to be a wrestling fan out there today. And, I mean, any any of you fellow wrestling fans can attest, you always get the same. You always get the same shit. You know, like, don't you know it's fake? It's gay, man. It's a bunch of dudes rubbing up against each other. This, that, and the other. And it's just like... Come on. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, nobody over the age of five thinks it's legit. (laughs) What? What, wrestling? Yeah, wrestling. Uh, You know what I mean? It's a figure of speech. (laughs) Like, I'm sure some people do, but it's it's not the norm. But then inevitably, you can go one of two ways. Either, you know, just like, whatever, and just ignore it. Or... You go into the, like, yeah, and what's your point? And then you always get that confused look where they like expect you to explain it to them, and it's like. And actually, there's a there's a video on YouTube, and I forget I put a link in the description, but I already forgot the name of it. It's um, basically a guy you know tackles that problem. It's a really good, entertaining, funny video, and he uses Triple H as a character study to show what wrestling essentially is. Um, okay. It's a, it's a hilarious video, but it basically is what I always tell people. It's like, okay, 
wrestling is because I, I get this question a lot because again i don't hide the fact that i'm a wrestling fan and i know you don't either there, there's like there's no point of hiding something that you're not you you don't want to be fake you want to be honest well not only that it's like why should i hide it because here's the thing it's like i i've worked so my biggest comparison that i tell people all the time is it's like Professional wrestling is as real, if not more so, than as reality television. Right. Because reality TV, I hate to burst everyone's bubble, reality TV is fake as hell. None of that stuff, or very rarely, none of that stuff is happening organically. And not a lot of people know this. I worked on a local reality TV show many years ago, and I, I cannot tell you how shocked I was to find out just how staged it actually is. Like, it's it's absurd. And professional well, wrestling, by its very nature, cannot be that staged because it involves feats of athleticism and things can always go wrong. Was this a show that was on TV? Yeah, like national? A, not nationally. It was on the local Fox affiliate in Fort Wayne. Uh, okay. So it was local. But, oh, okay. All right. So anyway, they always ask me. It's like, well, what, like, what is it? What, what's the big deal? And I'm like, I don't. I mean, you know, okay. You like most people like Fast and the Furious franchise, right? Like, you like watching Fast and the Furious movies. I, <laughs> I mean, as an example. I think, okay. I did at the beginning, but over time, it just lost its luster. I think. And I know people will disagree with me on this, but I think the only reason why that it's became bigger and more of a phenomenon than ever than ever is because of the rock. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna argue with that. But well, my point so being, it's like in these movies, they routinely do stunts that quite literally are not possible physically. <laughs> but, because of the cars and everything, right? Yes, I, yeah, I agree. But I mean, but that's cool. And pro wrestling's lame. Like, here's the thing: when Ricochet does what is it a six thirty? Yes, he does a six thirty. He's actually doing it unassisted, <laughs> and he can do it on command. Right. You know when? Uh, trying to think of another really really good one. When uh, Matt Seidel does the shooting star press, he does it on demand every time and can do it safely. Unlike you know? Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, Brock Lesnar did one once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he landed on his head. Yeah, yes, he did, and that shows what a freak of nature he is that he did not die. But when Kevin did it, he actually need somebody in the head. Yeah, but that's the point. The right. That's what I'm saying. It's here or there, but. And that right there, that right there should show it's not fake. No, not at all. And if you've ever seen an injury happen, you know, like, and I think anyone who's a wrestling fan for more than a year has seen a legitimate injury happen. And sometimes, sometimes they do a really good job in a match where you're like, oh, is that legit? Or because sometimes you can tell when it's a work, when it's right. a work injury. But sometimes somebody lands wrong, and you're just like, oh, shit. I think I think a really good example and probably my favorite one to point out was um, trying to remember. Uh, Guy Ro oh, go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. No, I said it was a guy or girl. No, no, no. I'm trying to remember one. It was it was in New Japan. It was Dragon Lee versus Hiromu Takahashi. Okay. And Dragon Lee does, I believe it was a fisherman suplex. I can't remember, but he did some kind of suplex and. Um, <laughs> Anyway, Hiromu lands wrong on his head, but you couldn't, it didn't look that bad, but just the way his head kind of like scooted against the mat when he landed. And I, I saw that and I just, I thought to myself, I was like, Ooh, that didn't, that didn't look right. See, see, I'm not, not trying to cut you off because because I actually thought of a Japan one myself. Um, it was, it was, it had Will Ospreay in it, and I would say that because I, it's Will Ospreay, and he can do 
all kinds of the flips and everything else. I don't remember who he was wrestling, but I remember he was, I think he was doing a shooting star press. I think when he did it, though, when he landed, his head grazed that side mat. I know which match you're talking about. I don't remember who it was against, though. Maybe it was, was it Kushida? I think it might have been Kushida. Actually, I think it probably was. Because it was for the junior heavyweight title. And I, 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 watched, I watched that one, too, and I was just like, ooh. As I said, I could be wrong, I think it was. But, like, yeah, he when he, when he, I think he's on the top rope, or he's just even on the, no, he's on the top rope. He's on the side of the ring, and when he runs and he does yes. it, he, his head hits the thing. I'm like, but he still flips it. Yeah, I know I know that match, but yeah, that was I, I'm shocked he wasn't injured after that. Like cause that looked rough. I'm sure that smarted quite a bit. But going back to the uh Takahashi Dragon Lee match, he finished the match and I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe he's good. It looked like it just hurt a lot. Nope, completely uh he was out for a year. And apparently they took him to the hospital immediately. And apparently they said he was lucky he didn't die. Like insane, just one in a million shot. And not only did he not die, he came back a year later and is, as far as I can tell, he's fine. Right. Like he's wrestling at the same level he was. I was shocked when he came back and he had another match with Dragon Lee and it was the same intensity as before. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And nothing. It, Dragon Lee. It didn't look. It didn't look like or seem like he did anything wrong. It just fluke happened. Complete accident. Well, just things happen, you know. But but that's well. See the thing is though, is you can injure yourself in so many weird ways. It's not even funny. Well, yeah, and it's like I guess Taz. An example of this where it didn't happen, but he caught a lot of heat for it. In Taz's debut for WWF at the time, or no, it was WWE. Um, no, it's it, it, yeah, right. It was when Taz debuted for WWF. His first match was against Kurt Angle, and Taz is going for a German suplex. And normally, the way Taz does it, I guess, is he plant he makes sure his opponents his opponents' feet are planted, and he doesn't want an assist from them. So I guess Kurt tried to push up for him, but Taz didn't take him over, so he reset and then did it. Right, and that's when Kurt Angle did the. Uh, moon, they moon salt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I guess Taz got a lot of heat for that. But he just had to explain. He's like, "No, listen, like I, I don't need the help, and when somebody helps me, I can overthrow them, and that's that's gonna hurt somebody." But I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever lost heat for that. It wasn't heat with Kurt either. It was. Uh, totally well, good. what's funny is there actually I've actually been seeing a lot of reports here lately about that. Oh yeah. Kurt. Hey, Yes, and Kurtz actually came out and said, "Leave him alone. He, he's yeah. fine. He's one of the safest workers I've ever been in the ring with." Yeah, because I guess Kurt didn't really understand what the big deal was, and then like Taz explained, "Is like, no, that's just how I do my German suplexes because I don't like I don't need I don't need help throwing a guy over, and when somebody helps me, I don't know how much power they're going to put behind it, so it's just safer for me to do it, and then right. that way I'm not throwing I'm not dumping people on their heads." Right, but but it's it's funny that he's getting heat for a German, but yeah, I I watched him clothesline Sabu in the face, and he broke his jaw. Yeah, well, they didn't particularly care for each other. Oh, that's true too. That's true too. There was another one that I wanted to bring up. Trying to remember. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Oh, Jack Evans. Jack Evans did a hell of a on AEW. I don't remember. I think it was just an episode. He did a uh it was some kind of flip move and he landed wrong and like I think he legitimately knocked himself out for a second. Cause he was he was he was a little loopy there for the rest of the match. I think he was really bad shape. Get away from that. Don't have dogs. Sorry, so technical difficulties. I just don't have dogs. She's perfectly fine until I'm doing something, and then she decides to get into mischief. 
Speaking of AEW, did did you catch uh, the pay per view? I was going to, and then I injured my knee. <laughs> he injures his knee, but yeah, it's okay. The knee injury required several hundred dollars worth of unaccounted, unexpected expenses. Okay. So a pay per view was uh, out of the budget. I, w- I was going to, and I'm really disappointed I didn't get to watch it live, but it seemed like a really good show. Well, uh, I, did I did watch, watch it live. live. And I'm not going to say that I'm a critic or anything because I know it all. I don't know it all. So I, I, I'm in the business and everything, but I don't know it all. I can't say that the whole the pay-per-view sucked because I don't work there. I don't make the money. But I'm going to be honest, the best match of the card was the street fight. I can see that. How was how was the barbed wire death match? I mean, it was okay for what it, what they did, but it's not FMW Cactus Jack Terry Funk Hayabusa. Nothing, uh, nothing of that caliber. No, especially have you even seen the clip of the end of that yeah. match? Yeah. That, that's my point. Yeah, that's a valid point. Valid point. I know what you're talking about. Those of you who don't know, are you talking about how Moxley like basically protected Kenny? Well, pretty much, but like he's but the end where like the the sound goes off and it's like a minute left, and then Eddie Kingston just covers him, and then sparklers and everything like Gilbert's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there was a uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> Hold on one second. We're very low budget here at uh, down the middle. <laughs> Do I? We're very low budget here at down the middle. We're we're oh, outlaw. Very. We're an outlaw show. You're very, very backyard outlaw. Hey, leave backyard wrestling alone. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's low budget. No, no. Do it for the love of the game, not the money. <laughs> uh, hey. Although I mean. I mean, if you want to send us money, you know, I mean, you can. I'm not going to say no. Well, right, right. Um, I, mean, I, hey. do wanna, I do want to point out one thing about that barbed wire death match, and it's got nothing to do with the match itself. It has to do with this little backstage thing they did with Kenny Omega. And I think the Good Brothers and Don Callis were back there, and it was when they were welding stuff for the match. Uh-huh. Yeah, that face shield Kenny was wearing. If he was actually welding, he would have fucking he would have fucking killed himself. I know, yeah. It's a plastic yeah. face shield. What are you doing? Don't and none funny. none of them and none of them are wearing like like this is probably a this is probably me being particular. But none of the and I'm not even a welder, so I can only imagine what an actual welder would say. But like none of them are wearing actual welding equipment. Like they would all be at least severely burned. You're if right. Not perma- if not permanently disfigured. <clears throat> but like to they me, were. and again, this is a I might be being particular, but while we're talking about wrestling being fake, it doesn't help when they do things like that that completely take me out of it. Cause like that whole skit served no purpose other than to be kind of like a weird comedy bit. But it wasn't particularly funny, and it didn't build any tension for the match because it was so ridiculous that I didn't take it seriously. Well, well, okay, but let's look at the okay. Well, let's drop topics from that match to another match that I know you. I know you obviously didn't see the preview. I did, and that was the ladder match, and that was the chance to become number one contender for the TNT title, which everybody obviously knows by now. Scorpio Sky won that. Well, what Scorpio Sky won? I'm kidding. <laughs> right, right. He grabbed the brass ring. Yeah. And it looked it literally looked like a brass freaking ring. Yeah, I saw from that. From Sonic I, the Hedgehog. Yeah, I saw that. And that I kind of thought that was dumb too. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, oh, it's a literal brass ring, but it's not even a brass ring. It's like this big giant plastic thing. 
See, my my thing is though, is I get Cody. I'm sorry, Cody Rhodes, because he can say his yeah, name now. Call him Cody Rhodes um, now. Yeah, I know he used to be in these type of matches before WWE and everything, but he doesn't need to be in this match. A lot. I, I'm I'm sorry, you'll probably disagree with me on this. A lot of people in that match didn't need to be in that match. No, I agree with you. They didn't need to be there. No, that match I... is going to be more like, like if you didn't have, okay, like uh, Jack Evans' tag team. Yeah. Okay, they wasn't in. The, they wasn't in the tag team battle royal. Yeah. So if they which... weren't. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I just have a thought. So after. if they weren't in the battle royal, use them. You should have used some of them in that ladder match. That ladder match should have been more high flying than more do stupid shit through a ladder. Now, now remind me, was Jungle Boy in that match? No, he in the ladder match. Yeah, in the face of the revolution ba- uh, ladder match. No, he was in the tag team battle royal with Jurassic uh, Luchasaurus. He... But Jungle Boy was one of the final was one of the final two. But here's my problem. So, like, if if I were booking that show, I would have done just like you said. I would have had Angelico and Jack Evans in the tag team battle royal, and then I probably would have had Jungle Boy in the face of the revolution um, ladder match. Probably still would have had Scorpio Sky win it. But the thing about Jungle Boy is he's not always going to be in a tag team. There's going to come a time. There's going to come a time where he's going to be a serious single star and probably be AEW champion at some point. Whether or not he's still going to be Jungle Boy. Well, he, boy, well, my thing is, though, is even though, oh, crap, what are they called? The the Phoenix Pentagon and Pac, what are they called? Death, Death Triangle? Yeah, Death Triangle. Even though they won, I think Jurassic Express should have won. I think they should have. Death, Death Triangle just seems like an odd grouping to me. Because, and here's why I say that, Pac doesn't need the Lucha Brothers, and the Lucha Brothers don't need Pac. Right, but everybody in AEW is all in a group. No matter where you look at it, you're you're in a group or a tag team. Yeah, you're right. Except for Mox. But, well, now he's with Eddie Kingston, so yeah, now he is. (laughs) No, he has a site. He's in a tag team. Yeah, now he is. (laughs) And now, yeah, you're right, you're right. But uh, I, I don't think it should be that way. And that's that's one of the... I don't have many complaints about AEW, but that's one of them. It's like... Because when everybody's in a... It's the same thing that happened in New Japan. When everybody's in a faction, factions don't mean anything. Or they mean very little. Triple A. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. No, my point. point. My point. With the, yeah, because in AAA, with the exception of Los Ingobernables and Perez de Mal, like, none of them matter. Chikara, I I like Chikara because of the because of the way they're serious but funny, but even them, they're they're the same way. Well, factions. Yeah. Well, and to to take it to, you know, just the absurdity of going back to New Japan, in particular, the the Chaos Stable. Basically, if you're not in if you're not in another stable, you're just in Chaos, like. What's the point? I get when it was first started, that was Shinsuke Nakamura's thing, but now it's just kind of like a catch-all for like all the faces of New Japan. Like I get Bullet Club, I get Suzuki Goon, I don't get Chaos. I don't understand what Chaos is supposed to be doing. Like, and even when because Kazuchiko Kazuchiko Okada is in Chaos, why? He doesn't. He when he was IWGP champion, he didn't need chaos. Um, well, I guess Kota Ibushi's not in chaos. So, hell, I even get Los Ingobernables de Japón because that whole thing, which I don't see why they're still around, honestly, because after Evil left and Naito already got an IWGP title because because the whole point of that stable that group was to elevate Naito. Okay. It's been done, and evil left. So there's no reason for that stable. Like you would think that that stable would have just dissolved by now, but they're keeping it around. I guess it's probably to sell merch. That's probably the real reason. 
I think when fact, see, faxes were cool when they first started back in the eighties. Well, technically, there was only one faction in the eighties. That was the horse. Okay, you didn't really, you didn't really see any other factions. Speaking, well, of which, speaking of the horsemen, now MJF started a new faction. Which is which a horse. Guess, the horseman Yeah, faction. which I guess was already a faction, kind of, because it was totally Blanchard, FTR, and Sean Spears. Right, but they're talking they about putting Arn Anderson in, too. Yeah, that's going to be in direct conflict with the Nightmare family, which is another faction in AEW, but that's not... Yeah, but they just lost QT Marshall. Yeah, they did. Is, so, that, is, that, a, is that really... Okay, not to get off topic, but I want your opinion. Yeah. What did you think of the Shaq match? No, um, I didn't really watch it, but I saw clips, and especially with him taking the crossbody through the table. Dude, I loved it. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think I was gonna like it. I loved it, and I do. I do want to point out. Shout out to the unsung hero of that match, Red Velvet. Um. And I, I just want to say, Red Velvet has, I think the only person in AEW with better kicks is Luchasaurus. Well, like I said, I didn't I didn't get to see that match, so that's my fault on that one. Sorry, everybody who is watching. Oh, you, um, should, you should watch it, because Red, I've always, Red Velvet's good, like, but she was really good in that match, and her, I'm extremely jealous of her uh, spinning hook kicks. They are ever like I said, I think the only one who's got better kicks, and it's not I wouldn't even say they're better, I just like the form more is Luchasaurus. Like that dude has kicks for days. Yeah, the, the way he does his kick yeah. The way he does his kicks is like what what he has, what? He has absurd control. You're a big man, but you can kick like that? Okay. Yep. He makes it look effortless. And it's not it's not easy. Throwing kicks is not easy, and especially controlling it like that. Uh, right. But I I've I've wrestled a couple guys that uh when they kick, they kick. They kick, yeah. It's it's they really kick. it's really difficult because the problem is like a lot of times I have a background in Taekwondo, so I can attest to this. If you're laying into something throwing a kick is a lot easier but if you're trying to control it it's hard to make it look good it's really difficult it's you you can't like uh, you can control they say you can control your kicks but you can't oh no you can i i know i i know well, guys who can and it's rare and it's difficult it's very hard like i can't control my kicks like that I can control a round kick fairly well, but that's about it. Like, because the other stuff requires so much uh, muscle memory. Well, well, what I'm saying is, is I've been kicked like the way Daniel Bryan and the Miz do the do their kicks. Oh, yeah. I've been kicked like that, and it's hard to control the. And that's what I'm saying. It's hard to control the kick because. Especially when you're a smaller guy and everything, you know, like size like that, and you're coming, especially the way your leg is, when you're coming, you hit it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna you're gonna smart a little bit if you want the kick to look really good. Yeah. Right. It's hard though, and they they make it look effortless. But like I've seen, I've seen Luchasaurus kick people, and I'm like, okay, if he was really throwing heat, that person would be out. Just right. cold. One of my my one of my favorite kicks is Alistair Black's. Okay, valid point. I forgot about Alistair Black. I did say in AEW though. Yeah, Alistair Black, which makes sense though, because he has a background in kickboxing. Right. Yeah, he's got, and I'm really glad WWE didn't get him away from. His, you know, kicking style because that's he's fucking amazing at it. He's got another really good spinning kick. But yeah, but the problem I feel bad for him now because you know everybody's. And I'm sure a lot of people know by now, but but even though he hasn't been used, and whenever he does wrestle, he can't do the one thing that a lot of people do that slap his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like turn. Goes spin around, doesn't really go for the kick. 
where's the sound? Where's the sound? There's a sound there. Can't slap the leg no more. Why can't he slap the leg anymore? Huh? Why can't he slap the leg anymore? It's illegal. WWE doesn't let him slap the leg anymore? No. It's uh, another really dumb decision they're making. And man, it's a fine. It's a fine if you slap the leg. Is it fine slap the leg? Uh, no, it's a fine if you slap your leg. Why? You know, like, in, in what? Why? Another way to make money, I guess? I don't know. I'm telling you, man, I don't... Like, when AEW first came around, I was in the same camp. I was like, oh, yeah, but they're never going to be legitimate competition for WWE. Like, they're always going to be second. But if WWE keeps doing the stupid shit they're doing, man, I don't... They're going to lose talent for sure. I mean, they're already losing talent. Yeah, left, right, and center, because they keep... It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like... And now with we talked about this last time with the whole Peacock thing, WWE Network moving over to Peacock. Like WWE's making money, but the boys aren't making money, not as much. And WWE took away their secondary income streams. You know, they're not letting them do their Twitches, their other stuff. They're doing they have to do it all under the WWE umbrella. It's right. like and that's why Miro left, legit. That's why he didn't re-sign. Or one of the reasons, I'm sure. That and they were making an ass out of him. Well, like, right, I'm sorry. But... Like, you expect this dude to re-sign with you when you literally... Like, I get storylines and all. Like, I know it's not real, but, like, I know what they were doing. He probably told them he wasn't going to re-sign. They do that weird angle with Lashley that led to nowhere. So it seems to me like the only point of that was to make Miro, a.k.a. Rusev at the time, look like an idiot. Hey, I mean, pretty much did. Pretty yeah, much they literally, but they're literally cucking the dude on TV. And then he leaves and comes to AEW, and he's already, like, not more popular, but he's definitely, his character's a lot better. Oh, he's, he's like the badass. Yeah, legit. Of, of AEW. I mean, I, when I saw, because Best Friends had their had their promo backstage, Cassidy and Chuck, and they're doing their talk and everything, and all of a sudden, Miro comes in, blasts Chucker in the back, and throws his face right in the window or the door and he's like play my music and then takes him out to the ring he's like oh shit he's really bloody and all that he doesn't care about nothing doesn't care about who he hurts I you know before got pushed off the ring and all that I'm like that's the, that's the Rusev that we should have had exactly well do you remember the first thing he did? He went for the accolade and he missed when he yeah, debuted. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He was just excited. He was just excited. The worst part was, though, the other guy in the ring was trying to, like, was going to sell it for him, and he didn't move forward. He just stayed there. Not his fault. Like, it was right. just funny, though. Right. Like it, I, I, I laughed. But anyway, back to the Shaq match. You should watch it. It's really good. I will watch. And I kudos to Shaq for going through two tables and making it look awesome. That's what Shaq and Stephen Amell need to make a tag team in AEW. Well, speaking of Stephen Amell. Oh, tell me he's coming back. Well, no, he's actually, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen this here on Instagram. He's filming a show. I, I, I forget what it, I forget what it's called, but he's a wrestler. Yes. Um. What did they call it? You're right. It's on. Um. I think it's going to be on Stars, isn't it? Yeah, Stars. Yep. And he was in a he was in a shot with another dude who I think was actually a wrestler. I thought I recognized him. There was a screenshot. But he, it looks like he's the heavyweight champion. Which awesome. I feel like after Glow, we need to have another uh, like wrestling TV show. Well, I mean, Steve, see, that's the thing, though. I, I understand Stephen Amell is an actor and everything, and he, he's a great actor. Love it. He's hell of athletic. He's hell athletic. I saw them. Was it was Daniels that he wrestled it all out, right? Yep, all in. All in. All right, sorry. And after I watched that match, all in, I was like, 
He needs to do this now. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, and like the crowd was going nuts there. Like you can't hear, I will tell you, you cannot hear it. Like if you watch the rebroadcast, you can't appreciate how crap, how loud the crowd was during that match. Right. I mean, the roof, well, the roof blew off the place for every match, but it was surprising. I think everybody there, like, nobody wanted him to do a shitty job, but I think everybody was legitimately impressed with how well he did. Right. Like, legitimately, he did fantastic. We were supposed to be talking about people, (laughs) talking to people about being a wrestling fan, and now we're just talking about a bunch of other stuff. No, no, no. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't. We don't. We obviously it doesn't have to be just one topic of what we got to talk about. You know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a wrestling fan. You're a wrestling fan. Everybody's a wrestling fan. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So, but this does kind of segue into what I usually tell people. I'm like, okay, the best thing about wrestling is that it doesn't matter what you like. Somewhere, somehow, there is something that you're gonna enjoy. Probably multiple things. But you were talking about Chikara. If you like comedy, guess what? There's plenty of it. There's plenty of comedy wrestling. If you like more of a sport feel, like a legit sport feel, watch New Japan. Because if you want a big fight, a consistent big fight feel, watch New Japan. For right. sure. If you like a little bit of everything, AEW is right up your alley. If you like Spot Fest, Ring of Honor. Yeah. If you like really really bad storytelling there's impact i'm kidding kind of i was gonna say i thought you were gonna say wwe but well wwe okay here's the thing though wwe is successful in spite of itself lately i think because they do have so much talent but then they have just use what's that that they don't use yep they don't use I was so excited that when I saw that they were using Apollo Crews again. And he's healed. Healed. And then I watched him do a promo. Right. Yeah, I know. Why? Why? You don't need it. Put him in the hurt business. I think they tried and it didn't work. Didn't Why? They? How? Cedric Alexander works, but Apollo Crews doesn't? They're the same they're, guy. You know why? Why? Because they already got... Huh? I do want to know why. Because they already got their big strong man known, by, known as Bobby Lashley. Right, but Apollo Crews moves like a cruiserweight. Okay, so Cedric Alexander. Yeah, but he's not quite as big. I'm just, I'm pulling at straws here. I just don't understand. I, I don't get. Well, okay, I do get it. I do get it actually, and I'm gonna I'm gonna retract the statement a little bit. I I totally understand why Apollo Crews does not and probably will not work in WWE because in WWE big men don't move like that, and he's in this really weird spot where he's not the biggest guy, but he's, he's by no means the smallest guy. He's Brian Cage. Yes. Perfect. Yep, he's Brian Cage. You are 100% right. I know my progressing gorilla. (laughs) Which I was so so happy when Brian Cage came to AEW. Because I saw saw him in Lucha Underground and I was like, how is this guy not with a major promotion? And then I did some research and he was in developmental with WWE. But something happened. But he... But he went to TNA as well. Yeah, that was after. That was after. He did Lucha Underground after he was in developmental with WWE. But yeah, then he ended up in TNA. But well, so I don't want to spend too much time on this because that's actually what I was going to talk to you about for next week is talking about wrestlers and like the best way I can describe it is like you have some wrestlers that are like they're a WWE guy. Okay. And some and you have some guys that are like. They're total AEW. Some guys are totally New Japan. Okay. So I thought that would be fun to do next week. But anyway, back to my main point. So for me personally, what I try to explain to people is, A, I like 
So I like to watch MMA, but my only problem with it is you're not necessarily guaranteed a great show because sometimes dudes go out there and get demolished in seconds, <laughs> which is legit. Like I get it, but here's the thing. If I'm spending 60 bucks on a pay-per-view, I want great fights. And I know a lot of people were, I guess, a lot of people were really disappointed with the last Conor McGregor fight because it ended so quickly. But here's the thing. Pro wrestling, you're pretty much guaranteed entertainment. Right. You're, You're guaranteed it unless something just horrifically goes wrong. And even then, you've got enough creative people around where you can salvage something pretty quickly. It's happened before. I can't think of one off the top of my head where something goes wrong in a match and then they, they turn it around and something great happens. But Right. But it happens. And then the other thing I talk about is you want to talk about a sense of community, talking about All In. I've been to a handful of live wrestling shows before, but All In was like, I'd say the first huge, like, culture shifting event I'd ever been to because I'd never been to a WrestleMania. I've only been to one pay-per-view and it was... Eh, it was mediocre. But I'm in I'm I'm in Chicago to a place I've never been before. I'm wearing a Bullet Club shirt, and there's hundreds of complete strangers all throwing up the same hand sign to people they don't even know. Because we all know what we're there for, and we all get it. There's a secret, not a secret, but there's a shared language and a shared culture that I love. And not just Bullet Club, because I love wearing Bullet Club shirts out because inevitably if i'm out in public someone will too sweet it happens almost every time and then another time i was wearing my kevin owens shirt in an airport in florida and dude yells across the terminal fight owens fight which if you're not a wrestling fan you know you're like the hell is he talking about but i'm just like from across the airport i'm just like you know it See, that's uh, I, I, well, that's the thing is, though, like, you know, we all have real jobs and everything else outside of this. And uh, I, uh, there's been a few times where I've seen I've had people come into, you know, my job and everything. And I've seen them wear wrestling shirts and I talked to them about their shirts and all that. I was like, hey, did you go to such and such and all this stuff? And. You know, we just have the stories of talking about like what's going to happen and what what has happened and everything. Well, hell, so, at, like, yeah, hell, look at what happened when we ended up. Ben and I ended up going to the same AEW show, and we didn't know we were going to the same show until after we both had our tickets. I think we figured it out like we ran into each other at Rule King. No, no, where did we run into each other? It was McDonald's. Okay, well, we ran into each other. And somehow it came up. It's like, yeah, I'm going. Oh, I'm going too. And then so I got the I was the luckiest son of a bitch ever that night. I hate you. <laughs> I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. So for those who don't know, uh, we were in relatively close sections, or we were supposed to be. I mean, Re- relatively, we weren't in the same section, but we fairly even. But anyway, so we get to the venue. Yeah, so we get to the venue, right? And they scan my ticket, and they're like, "There's a problem with your ticket." And I'm like, pissed off at this point because I'm like, "Bullshit! I bought my ticket, damn it! Don't tell me it's fake." So I've I've got an attitude. Like I'm getting ready. To, I'm ready for them to tell me that my ticket's no good, and I'm about ready to brace some hell. So I go to Will Call, like they tell me, and I'm just like, "Yeah, they said there's a problem with my ticket," and I, I don't throw it at her, but I like sit it down, like. And she's like, oh, yeah, we overfilled your section, so we're just going to move you somewhere else. And I'm like, oh. Because always, when they have to move you, you always get a better seat. Well, I got a story to go with that, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so, but anyway, like, I'm like, oh, okay, no big deal. Like, I get to see my show. And it's not a terrible seat anyway, so if I'm a little bit better, like, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I go in and I can't find my section. I'm like, where the hell is this? And then I follow, like, I, I figure out the how the, the arena's laid out, not in the arena, how the venue's laid out, and I find my section. I'm, I'm second row from ringside. And I send Ben a picture 
He's like, where are you at? And I just sent him a picture. He was not and, and, this, and this whole time, I, I'm like, what, maybe uh, four rows from the floor, you know, sitting up higher. Yeah, but that, and, there wasn't and, really a bad seat. And this sounds really shitty of me to say, but like, honestly, in that in that venue, there's not really a bad seat in the house. No, there's not. But it's like, still there's no nosebleed or anything like that. No, there's not. There's There's no way. But it's the fact of like where I was compared to where you were. It's like I'd rather be where you were at. Well, yeah, who wouldn't, you know? But like I still had a straight shot of like seeing everything of on the ring and the stage and you know on the screens over here on the side and everything too. I'm going on. It's like okay, he's second ring. I'm fourth from the four, and then there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like maybe eight. Eight rows, and then there's the ring. Right. Yeah. So you're not like it sounds. It sounds crappy when I say it, but it's like nobody really had a bad seat. And that was a hell of a show, too. Oh. Only thing I was pissed about is Pentagon lost his match that night against Trent. Okay, that may have been for you, but I thought the bad match for the show was. Oh, it wasn't a bad match. I just don't like no, it. No, yes, there was. Yes, there was. There was a lot of mess-ups in this match. Oh, no, I'm saying that match, the Trent-Pentagon match. Oh, I'm not saying okay. it was a bad match. I am just didn't yeah. like the finish. I know what match you're talking about, too. Uh, I want to say it's the same one. T- tell me, which one? What was what's the match? Was it a Jack Evans match, or am I thinking of something different? No. No, it wasn't a Jack Evans. Okay, hold on. But he did wrestle that night. Yeah, he did wrestle that night. He fought Kenny Omega for the uh, Mega Championship. Which he still has. Yes, Kenny does have. So, I don't want to get too far into this. It's just a fun fact. I didn't realize that the Mega Championship was, like, the championship in AAA until, like, not that long ago. Yes, and now he's about to go for the Impact World title now. Because it's TNA, or sorry, Impact and AEW. Yeah, but Kenny well, actually, you know what? That would probably elevate the belt. No, but anyway, Rich one, Rich one has the Impact title, the Unified with the TNA title. Yeah. But getting back to what we're talking about, what getting, was getting the, back, what was the bad match that I night? I remember. Um, I, I, I know okay. it right. It's, was it Private I, Party's match? Yeah, there you go. Yes, it was. I know what you're talking about. Mark Quinn almost think? went over. Like Mark Quinn almost went over the barricade. Yes. Who did who they face? I'm trying to remember who did they face. Um, inner circle. They're in inner circle. Was it Jericho and Sammy? No, nope. it wasn't. Oh, it was Proud and Powerful, wasn't it? Yes. Santana yeah. and Ortiz. Oh, that match was. Uh. Okay, so <laughs> this is. This is a pet peeve of mine, and it's got nothing to do with the work. I I like Santana and Ortiz. I don't like how Ortiz – I like how he wrestles. I don't like his goofy shit that he does, like the yeah. tiger claw shit. I don't get it. I don't like it. Well, but, but he wasn't doing it that night, though. But, but oh. even then, it's like, it's like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I saw – it's like Botchamania was watching. Yeah. Which they, I mean, private party's gotten better. They have. Not, not, not to say they were bad, but I've, right. I've seen an improvement in their, uh, their in-ring. As far as I can tell, just as a fan, again, not having been trained. Well, okay, so maybe you can answer this question for me, though, speaking of private party. Which one of them does the goofy, stupid <laughs> scream thing? when they're doing a high spot. I don't think it's Mark Quinn. I think it's uh, Isaiah Cassidy. I think it's Cassidy. Stop it. (laughs) Stop doing that. Okay, but why, you don't like him yelling during a match? Yelling is fine. Screaming like a small girl is... Okay, well... You know what I'm talking about, right? No, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Like, why? 
Why? Mr. Stick. Stick? Well, stick to not doing that. Okay, well, okay, well, tell Matt Hardy. You you personally get on the Twitter, you tell Matt Hardy, hey, tell your boys who are now bad guys to quit screaming like girls. Now, speaking of which, why is private party why are private party bad guys? Because they're with Matt Hardy and they're all and so I'm trying to remember who else somebody else joined Matt with Matt Hardy. I forget who it was. I, I forget now. I don't I forget who it is. It was just recently on him on I was about to say impact. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you can't keep it straight. I mean Christian huh? Cage is in AEW now and they used his old impact music kind of or his old TNA music kind of. They remixed it, but Right. Which by the but way, everyone else that, is with if his music sounds familiar and you can't place it, it's just the inner it's just the instrumental of My Last Breath by Evanescence. Well, even okay, I want I will get back to my what we're talking about in a second. If people I've seen clips of people not figuring out who it was that night. Uh, they were recording themselves, like, you know, like, okay, who is this? And they're seeing the countdown and everything. I'm like, how can you not get it? It's Christian. He did it in TNA when he first did yeah, it's the same, like, it's the same game. Okay, so I'm not trying to get off topic, but there's just so much coming in my head. Can we talk about gimmick infringement for a second? What do you feel about, how do you feel about the acclaimed? When they acclaimed. The tag team in AEW, the dude who does the rap gimmick like John Cena. He does the freestyle rapping. I have not seen him. Oh, well, you're in for a treat because it's basically 2000s John Cena. Oh, okay. Except, I'll be honest, I don't think it's quite as good. I mean, Frankie Kazarian outrapped him. Oh! Okay. I think, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad because they're actually quite good, but they they shouldn't have gone with that gimmick because honestly, like they even mentioned it on air. Like the commentators even poked fun at it, saying like, "I think that gimmick's taken." And like wrestlers, like on being the elite, they even call them. It's like, yeah, John Cena did that bit like a long time ago. Like, I know you may not have been around for it because you're young, but like it's been done. Like they're making fun of it. Right. Like, well, well, here's the thing, though. It's like. You want to say gimmick infringement? Look at Christian. In what sense? Okay, the countdown. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That was Chris Jericho. Oh, big time, big time. Yep, you're right. But <laughs> That's maybe like... Jericho. Maybe Jericho gave it his blessing because now he's the pain maker <laughs> and the demo god. Well, I was just, I'm just stating in general. But getting back to what I was saying, though. Or with those people with Mount Hardy. Like I said, I don't remember who, who it is. Somebody else is now with them. But it's like they're their own little group. When I said, when we say faction, because they're feuding the Dark Order. Yeah, which honestly, I mean, let's talk about the Dark Order for a second. Talk who about. Talk, well, I get it. I totally get it. Because when Brody Lee died, I mean. I'm going to say that was a... I'm not even going to say it was a good decision. It was an unavoidable decision. But they were already kind of becoming baby faces, really, ever since John Silver got discovered on being the elite. Because they became they went from, like, a cult to being, like, comedy goofballs. John Silver was the one that... That's, that reminds me, you say that about John Silver, because he was... Because I know you didn't see it. He was one of the uh, other ones that was one of the last ones... In yeah, that battle world. Yeah. So. I fucking love I like, John Silver. I was like, holy crap, John Silver. I'm really but, a guy who, when I first saw him, I was like, why is this dude here? And now I, I love John Silver. I think he is just unbelievably entertaining. Well, what's funny is Private Party, during that match with, with uh, uh, Matt Hardy and Hangman, uh, they try to, to, you know, get involved in everything, and also here comes the Dark Order, and everything, and you know the finish. You know they took out Private Party and everything, and uh, they thought he took out Hangman. Well, Hangman goes backwards, and a and Dark Order they push him Love right back spot. to the rope. 
Love and it. it does flip and does the clothesline. I was like, holy crap, that finish was awesome. I agree. That was awesome. And then he pins him, one, two, three, and then all of a sudden, he, out of everybody in the Dark Order, here comes Cole Cabana, the oddball of the group, with alcohol in his hand. I'm like, that man's straight edge. You should not have alcohol in your hands. No, he was drinking Pepsi. No, no, they took it from him. I'm like, hey, you're not supposed to have that. It was it was after the it was after the match at the pay-per-view. Hmm. Little oh, after. Oh no, it was an older pay-per-view, right? No, no, this last pay-per-view. Oh, this last. Okay, that's why I didn't see it. That's what that's what I'm saying. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, t- I I'm I like where the Dark Order is going. Actually, I think it's hilarious. And the talk <laughs> talk about Dark Order is kind of become set up for the perfect group for newcomers to come in who need a little bit more exposure like you know sometimes a wrestler will come into an organization and they're like they've got talent but they're not anybody yet and a faction helps them get noticed because they get the rub by proxy right but dark order is perfect from a story perspective because the whole reason you join the dark order is to stop losing so you join the dark order to become somebody I got, I got, I got a tidbit. I, I, I got to know about that. And me and my friends were, we we're watching the pay per view. We were talking about the Dark Order, and you see Brody Lee's son, yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, and that boy's supposed to be in school. Pandemic, bro. Huh? COVID, bro. Plus, it's at night. Who cares? Well, okay, but I know they're in Florida, but we don't know how. He's the leader of the Dark Order. He's got stuff to do. Hey, no, school can okay. wait. Hey, you got a point. You got a point. <laughs> Kayfabe, bro. Kayfabe. Yeah, definitely. No. I'm sorry, what was that you cut out? How long have we been going? I don't remember. I don't know. I think it's been a little I think it's been right at about an hour. So we can wrap it up shortly. Okay. Yeah, we try to keep it to about an hour so you don't get tired of us. We don't want to overstay our welcome. Uh can you tell is there people watching? It says there's two, but nobody's used the chat box and I'm one of them, so apparently there's one person watching. Okay. We always get more playbacks, though, but the the live audience will come eventually. Plus, this one was at a weird time. Like, people didn't really know it was coming. So, by the way, let's sort this out because I'm, I'm a little confused. So, are we going to – we're going to be doing it Sundays at 6 or 7? Every other Sunday. 7. Okay. Every other Sunday at 7. So, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. 7 o'clock. Be there right. or – uh, there will be there will be one week though. I will say this now because uh, we we might have to go off a week or do something else or go early in the day. It'll happen. We'll announce it if we need to be a time change. But right, for right. the most part, for the most part, it'll be every other Sunday at seven. Right. No, buddy. I didn't really. You didn't really get a chance to say. I guess we can ask this and then we can get off here. Um, like, what do you, what do you generally? You know, how do you generally, like, explain to people how and why pro wrestling is awesome? How, how, why pro wrestling is awesome? Yeah. Okay. Like, what does it for you? What it does for me? Yeah. Um, I can say how and why it's awesome because everybody knows that I'm a WCW mark and I eventually became a WWE mark and I... Of everything that I've watched in this business, on TV, and everything I've done for the last twenty plus years, you know, wrestling-wise, you know, referee and wrestling, commentating, whatever. I love everything about it, and I will defend it till the day I die. 
And, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the whole fake thing and everything. I will, I will, I've done a, for our show, we do a little thing called free time interviews. And the last question that gets asked, and it's also asked on another show, one of our uh, guys, his name's Chris Jones, does a show called No False Finish. Plug there. <laughs> um, you heard it here. Um, you know, the same question gets asked about what do you say when people ask about pro wrestling being fake? What do you say? Um, I say this. You can't say it's fake until you've done it. Until you can say you've gotten in that ring and actually taken the bumps and everything else, you have no room to talk. I've done this for 20 plus years. Ground, mattress, trampoline, ring. It all hurts the same. And I, I keep doing it every day. Just can't get enough of it, can you? Nope. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end because I couldn't have said it better myself, sir. All righty, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, check out, it's X, I always forget the letter, XCW. There's a link in the description. Yeah, there's a link in the description. I've linked my YouTube channel, Ben's YouTube channel, and then the video I mentioned um, where basically he goes through. It's a long video, but it's entertaining and it's worth it. Um, you okay. Check it out too. You'll enjoy it. All right. Um, all that's in the description, and uh, we will see you guys not this coming, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. The 28th, March 28th. Yeah, the 28th. Yep, there you go. Give them the day. That's smart. All righty, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for the next one. Until then, keep watching wrestling. <laughs>